Before we wander on into the episode, I just want to make sure that everyone goes out there and hits up the YouTube, check out the Spotify, check out Apple, wherever you're listening or watching to this ep- uh, podcast, is to go down, like it, subscribe, hit the bell if it's YouTube, make sure you're getting those reminders. We do put these out every week, um, so make sure you do to do all that. It helps us out, and in the long run, we can make better things. So again, like, subscribe, all that fun stuff. Like, let's take that same story. And now if I were to tell it, it's like, got out of my car and damn near flipping died because there's a rattlesnake <laughs> right outside stepping on it. Like life flashed before my eyes. <laughs> right? No, it's not. You wander our way over because this is wandering ways. What's Bigfoot possibility? Clink. Clink. What's up, what's up, what's up? Hey, man. So Deja this, vu. That's disclaimer. what I'm feeling right now is deja vu. Disclaimer, wanderers, episode listeners. Welcome. First, you're going to learn about Big Ben today. Me and Mark just had, we just talked for about 40 minutes about why we really want to get into Big Ben Park. Um, and he didn't hit the record button. So we're going to run it back for you guys one more time. So Mark, buddy, let's talk about Crater Lake. You know, you there. <laughs> yeah, that's where we started. Yeah, no. Um, you know, part of the things I did this last weekend is I finally went out and I took a van on its first expedition, loaded it up, and uh, decided to ride my bike around good old Crater Lake. Uh, I mean, it looked cool. The pictures look cool and shit. I uh, I was about it. You know, I'm, I'm jealous because, like, I've never really been to Crater Lake, and you're like, let's do a breakdown on Crater Lake. And I'm like, I've never been, dog. Like, we got to get I, I know. I mean, it could be, I think it, I think it could be decent. I mean, it would kind of suck for you because um, you haven't really been there, but. That's life. I, I'm about it, though. I'm, I, I do think, uh, I do think we can get into it. It's one of those parks I want to go to. I mean, let's talk about that. You biked. I heard that you it was what 30 something miles? Third, well, yeah, I did 34, but that's because I did a couple outlooks and I stopped because I made it a day. I didn't like try and go for time or anything. Um still actually moved pretty good. Was pretty happy with the effort I put out uh time-wise. But so I did offshoots and I added more distance overall than like what you normally do. I think it's normally about 32. And I did about 34. Um, nice. But it's it's hilly, man. It's up and it's down. Uh, like the whole time. Like no flat. I think I did like 4,000 feet of climb. A little bit over 4. Or maybe right around 4,000. Um, and some of the climbs are long. Like there's a couple like two mile ones. There's, there's the main one. Or like the biggest one. Which is from Mount Mazam. Or Mazama Village which is below the park. It's like right at the south entrance. Um, but from there, it climbs up and does like a switchback for vehicles because um, it's just kind of climb. And so that takes you to the Rim Village or 
part of the West Rim Drive. Um, so I go up and I was going to make the Rim Village my stop. And I get up to the top. I stop there to go fill up water. And I hear this kid off to the side. He goes, oh, whoa, it's him. He made it up, <laughs> which was that's, hilarious that's, to hear. You know, they joked about it in the car saying, I don't know if that guy's going to make it up that hill. Yeah, I know. That's what the best part is like someone in the car was probably like, oh, that poor sucker's got to go up all this. <laughs> Uh, no, little did they know you're loving it and enjoying it and wanting to be all all about it. Yeah, I was enjoying it at that point. You know, it was a it was a bitch of a climb though. I will admit that. Had some other kids say, uh, "I have a cool bike," so you know, I'm still feeling pretty good about that. <laughs> good, good. Did you I'm see walk any- by? The, I'm looking for the water, and I'm walking by, and this little kid goes like, "Oh, that's a cool bike." <laughs> <laughs> nice uh did you uh, see any e-bikes while you were out and about no e-bikes i didn't see any i did see other bikers though um, oh. yeah i saw i think like six other people biking it um this so it was nice to see they started a lot later than i did um i started my ride at like 8 30 um wanted to beat the cars because that park does get packed on that west side I don't, yeah, I don't blame you one bit. That's definitely something uh, that we consider when we go to national parks. And uh, even today, diving into the park we're going to talk about, I, I know uh, it seems like, it, you know, it's it's falling into one of those parks we like where there's, where there's not a lot of people. So that's something, that's something that seems pretty neat. Yeah, um, um, but you know, no, what we are here to talk about today um, it's the reason why you probably clicked. It's not just to hear our voices. It's to continue on our ABCs of National Parks. Um, last time was the Badlands. So if you want to learn some fun facts about the Badlands, go check out that one, um, that podcast episode. It's a good one. But no, we're continuing on our, our journey to Z, and we're stopping with Big bend i got oh, that postcard, postcard with it and everything i knew you were going to do that i was like this guy's got a postcard everybody he's got a story he sends his nieces a postcard from every national park he goes to or just every trip yeah do. i just have a stack of them at national park is the theme they've sent me three on their uh summer travels already i got one from i got one of a black bear when my niece sent it and apparently when she saw it in the like national park like a visitor center store apparently she was like oh that's an that's an uncle mark postcard so honestly i'll be honest i don't know why she thought of me with the black bears because i haven't talked about black bears often if i do talk about bears it's mostly grizzly bears so (laughs) Uh, i did you see the postcard at Jared's house in Prey with the Bigfoot? Oh, yeah, I did see that one. <laughs> no, but the postcards, it's a fun thing. Um, I think, you know, especially if you are a traveler, you know, little kids, nieces, or your own kids, I think it's fun. I think they'll get a well, kick out of it. I try to do that on all my trips with Thea, just because, like, I you, you started doing that on trips, and I was like, man, that's kind of neat, and it's 
what it's cool, what's really cool about it is if you can bring a stamp or buy a stamp while you're down there oh. and you get, the, you get the postmark like it's from the area. Mm -hmm. uh, or like like in Hawaii, I was trying to find one to drop it in, which I think I did to where like it beats me home. Yeah. Uh, for, and I know I tried doing that with uh, with Thea and like, it's just something cool. It is. Yeah, that's also, if you if you can carry stamps with you, um, and try and mail it, you know, if, if it's a big enough park, you can mail it straight from the park. I think I actually did that with Yellowstone once. Oh, um, 100%. Yeah. So, um, I mean, that one, there's literally a post office at Old Faithful. Um, I think there's one in Mammoth, too. So does that make it a city um, <laughs> or a town? <laughs> I, I know Mammoth technically is. Oh, really? Yes. It's like a federal town so i think it's kind of falls under like what yeah like i don't know you know like it, military it, base kind of oh yeah probably is something like that but it has like a wyoming zip code yeah well i mean like the argument always is um it's not a real town if it doesn't have a post post office no but that's that's true like you go to mosby montana it's just a post office <laughs> <laughs> it's it's for all the ranchers no it's literally highway 200 dirt road me post office it's for all the ranchers in the middle of nowhere or uh where the it was out by jordan i forget the name of the town but you're just out on this random ass dirt road in the middle of nowhere montana post office i mean you gotta mail they got rid of the Pony Express, so you got to have mail somehow. They probably don't have the best internet. No, not at all. But um, speaking of Pony Express, we're going to jump back in time to 1944, which is when Big Ben became a national park. You know, and I'm reading about it here. I was reading about it uh, kind of in the, in the halftime there, but it turned into the pregame again. And I was looking at like the history behind it. And it's kind of interesting how Texas was the one who gave it to like the park or gave it to the U.S. essentially as like yeah. a gift. And it was like for World War Two, uh, And it was like all about good morale and making it a good part. And it's just an interesting, it has an interesting story. And you can actually read that on the National Park website. That is kind of interesting. That also seems like a very Texas thing to do. Like, right. Yeah. Here, we'll give you some of our land as a gift. Exactly. Exactly. Hey, be careful now with that accent. I think we have some listeners from Texas. Yeah, we do have a fair amount. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure they may come out because I, I talk kind of odd. So, I, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I got to call it out because, you know, you know that kid from San Antonio was going like, yeah, ha ha. <laughs> Joke's on you. I don't talk like that. <laughs> Joke's on y'all. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. That's no, um, no, but it, it's cool because it's kind of like, well, what's the term? You used the term, um, actually, not even when we tried recording, but you, you, I think it was on the phone, but you talked about it being like a desert oasis. Yeah, no, exactly. I, I totally think that this is one of those parks where the rivers run a little bit better. 
yeah. the, uh, the wildlife's there, the, the ecosystem's healthy mm -hmm. for the most part, you know, and, and you see that, like they have mountain lions, they have bobcats, they have rabbits and deer and black bear, which was something surprising to you because of how far south down it is. Yeah. Um, they have, what else? Elk, which was non-native. Uh, they had javelinas. They had they had like uh, the mount the desert mountain goats, but they also had the African species that was invasive. Yeah, here let me pull it up. Here uh, they had the Ayudad, A O U D D A D. Uh, it's an invasive species that numerous exotic Barbary sheep, which are native to North Africa and the deserts of the Middle East, and they look like bighorn sheep with the kind of the curved. Uh, antlers off to the side there uh, and then they have the nuturia which looks like a big beaver uh, which is also invasive i think it's a nutria nutria yep nutri nutria would you call it nutria nuturia i think yeah. it's nutria it's probably right you're probably right i don't know i'll put a poll on in this episode so if you're listening on spotify answer the poll is it nutria or nutrilla <laughs> you're probably right uh non-native species also elk there is elk there in the park uh they've been there since the 1990s oh wow that seems um <laughs> since 1990s that's odd the question i asked um you know, because I didn't know, but we talked about how there's mountain, there could be mountains right there. They're so they're bighorn sheep. Yeah. Well, well, they have the desert ones. Um, but I I asked the questions if there were any uh, jaguar there because the jaguar are moving north. Um, you know, they had one spotted, I believe, in Arizona. Um, so I asked if there was going to be one maybe in Big Bend. And I think because the mountains, it's probably why we saw Arizona, but not texas yeah it was more west than east because i believe there are some mountains that run there in mexico um but they got like the coyotes the javelinas as well um and they like i said they have gray fox uh and these ringtail things which are interesting they're kind of like a raccoon they're called ringtails uh badgers but i'm sure i mean if you're having black bear and mountain lion and there is a jaguar type species on i mean cats have a large when you look at like areas of animals they're one of those animals that have a large historic area so wouldn't surprise and they'll go large long distances so wouldn't surprise me if there was a subspecies or or, or something like that that is starting to show up over here because there i mean there are a lot of people who have taken those efforts to con to help with conservation you know well 100 percent um yeah but I mean, I don't know. I, again, there's only like, there's such a few amount that far north when it comes to the jaguar um, that I, I don't need, maybe there's just not enough to get over there. You know, maybe as time, if there becomes more of these big cats, they'll spread out kind of, but. Give it time. Yeah, that's it. And I'm willing to bet it's actually won't be in, well, maybe it could be in our lifetime towards the end um, that we would see it, but. I don't think so, but um, figure that out. Yeah, Big Ben's also kind of a popular spot for birding. I keep seeing that pop up every time I keep doing any kind of uh, research for this park. So I'm gonna go out on a limb and say you should go birding there for all you bird lovers. Well, you know, and and not only that, but 
one of the cool, cool things me you and I were talking about uh, too was it stars. It's it's it in 2012, I believe. Uh, it was it was named as an international dark sky park. Big Bend National Park has the darkest measure skies in the lower 48 states, and stargazing here is obviously superb for that reason. Yeah, I bet it's phenomenal there. Um, I actually, before I saw that or heard that, um, I did think that it was going to be like up there with like a Bryce Canyon for stargazing. Um, so I'm not surprised it's, you know, a banger of a spot for stargazing. Uh, the fun fact was that it's the darkest measured skies in the lower 48. Um, that is, that is a fun fact. Um, and it makes me want to go um, for sure. I'm going to experience the darkest place in the lower 48. <laughs> I know. I agree. I think that being, being dubbed a dark sky park, that's cool. I think Bryce Canyon is, I think Badlands is those dark sky parks. Yeah. Um, I think, Oh, well, uh, no, I don't think Grand Canyon is anymore. Oh, it was at one point. Yeah. But there's so much built up around it that it's probably screwing it up. <laughs> Vegas. Um, the, they also say right here, the large range of elevations in the park contribute to its biological diversity. There are 56 species of reptiles, 75 species of mammals, and 450 species of birds. So there's your birding, along with 1,200 plant life species. Yeah, I saw that. And then there's like 60 species of just cacti, um, which is kind of cool. It's also dubbed, oh, that's really cool. Uh, it's also dubbed one of the most um, uh, remote parks in the continental U.S. Oh, yeah. I, I, I mean, it's right on the border. Um, well, uh, 800,000 people into, in, in, or no, not 800,000 people. That's 800,000 acres of land. Yeah. It's the... In 2019, 460,000 people was the highest. I mean, I'm sure that was up in 2020, 2022. I mean, these are the facts that I have on this. Oh, website. yeah. It would be interesting to see the numbers grow, um, what they are like. Um, you know, because I saw that it's around 300,000 people. So, like 400, whatever, that does seem about right for the highest number of visitors. Um, but it would be interesting to see a more up-to-date one. Um, but yeah. I don't know. Well, look, did you uh, did you actually see Yellowstone's numbers are down? Well, uh, really? <laughs> I'm just saying. Did you see? <laughs> they uh, they closed the park. I yeah, there's still people going. <laughs> They're up again. Record numbers in June. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure. Well, actually, no. It, they're feeling it over there for sure. But even talking to Jared over there in Paradise Valley, he was saying how people are finding other things to do, like some of those, like uh, like the river. He's like, "There's a lot of people on the river," and I just I I tried telling them I was like, "Well, that's because you're in Paradise Valley." Like, yeah, it's not like you're not over here. You're not on the Bighorn. You're not in, in Billings. You're not on the Yellowstone here. You're mm. on the Yellowstone over there. It's a little bit different. But it's life. Life goes on. It does. It does. But no, more fun facts about Big Bend um, when it comes down to it is they have the, um, like, 
fossils, the sea, old ancient seabed, some volcanic kind of activity, because um, it's fairly old land. <laughs> so, you know, if you're one of those fossil lovers, you can go check out this park, uh, and they have all sorts of fun stuff to check out in that way. Well, and like not only that, but like in the surrounding areas, it looks like too, they even have like, there's like a Big Bend State Park uh, around the area, um, which, you know, is always one of the, the, that stuff to consider when you're going to those parks, right? Like, mm -hmm. the, like there's shit to do, you know, you and I, you know, we're talking about how can we loop a Big Bend into like a Saguaro, uh, Carlsbad Caverns, White Sands kind of trip. And the more and more I look at it, it's almost becoming like you, you, when you do a big bend, your, your sole focus should just be big bend. Yeah. I mean, we talked about it a little bit before, um, how I think this is, this is like a two day park, two, three day, if you really want to get like the most out of it. Um, and that's probably just to get the bare minimum of the whole type deal, you know, so, um, I could, I, I mean, I see that, I mean, we were talking, if we did do a cluster, we would need like seven to 10 days to do it. Right. No, exactly. And I mean, I'm looking here cause they offer hikes, right? They say hike the mountains, hike the desert, hike the river. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, and looking at like the types of hikes they offer, you know, there's a, there's a 10 mile, there's some long ones, there's some short ones, there's some three to four to five miles, there's some big like 14 milers. Um, they're all just beautiful views when you look at them, but definitely the diversity it offers. So it's like, well, if I'm spending the time and money to go all the way here, I might as well get the most out of it. Oh, I mean, 100%. Uh, I'm not, I'm not going to go down there just to take a picture at like one spot and say well gee well that was a fun time and head out no um the, it is one where you're going to go and try and get the most bang for your buck um with it and as it should um it seems like there's a lot of bangers in this park so it is probably it's probably a real good one to go check out well i'm right here i'm looking at these hikes i'm like i want to do that one I want to do that one. I don't know I want, what that one is. I want to do that one. I want to do the Bocinas <laughs> Canyon Trail. I want to do the Hot Springs Canyon Trail. I want to do the Rio Grande Village Nature Trail. I want to do the Santa Elena Canyon Trail. Oh, He's just wanna... going down the list if you're curious. He said yes to all of them though, so, thus far. I didn't say yes to the 14-miler. Oh, oh <laughs> that makes sense though. <laughs> I... I and this is in the mountain there. So oh, but it's all a two thousand foot elevation gain. I mean, we did what four thousand in glacier and three miles. So yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's still pretty good. <laughs> it's a long day of walking. Yeah, that's a day uh, for sure. In the desert. In the desert. Yeah, bring your water. Hydrate or dehydrate, everybody. <laughs> South Rim View. You got the window trail. You got the window view trail. I don't know. There's just plenty of beautiful stuff there. And like I said, I think I, I, we were talking about it being that desert oasis of life and wilderness and just, you know, because it is a national park, it is protected land. It hasn't had that ability to be truly be farmed or destroyed uh, like a lot of the land 
is in the Midwestern U.S., you know, because of the monocultures and the soil and the nutrients in it. And, you know, we were talking about the desertification process earlier a little bit. Mm-hmm. And how this park, you know, it, it, ha- it hasn't really had that happen to it, you know, because it is a national park, because it is protected. So you see the true desert, you know, when we go to the desert nowadays, it's almost like, oh, really? It is sand and dirt and nothing. But I think that is because of these ecosystems. They are fragile. And oh, super break, fragile. Break. Uh, I mean, that's why that's why you see uh, a Hyperion not having a trail. Um, you know, that's why that's why you see all of those signs that say, "Please stay on the path," um, because the trampling of like boots onto these flowers and stuff can damage them to the point where they end up not growing back. Um, so yeah, ever. So, well, you got to plant the first time in order to spread your seed type deals. That's, you know, it's, there's a reason why we put these precautions in because people kind of (laughs) suck. No, we really do. And, and, you take that and you take that to the desert and how fragile the desert, you know, to me, it's one of the fragilest ecosystems because it's one of the quickest, like growing ecosystems in the sense that like of that desertification process. So when you have these desert oases uh, and these places, it, it makes you think, I look at Big Bend and it really makes me think of like a Phoenix or an Albuquerque down in the Southwest. And I'm like, what did these places look like 200 years ago? Were the rivers just flowing with just more majesty because there was no dams upstream and people taking that water? You know, you look at like the true ecosystems and having that water taken out and those other nutrients taken out, what it does and what it changes. And it's like, ah, I just, Send me back 200 years and let me travel the world. Yeah, it would be interesting to kind of, to see um, like the true effect of like those kind of things happening. You know, it's a lot of the stuff that we don't necessarily think of that makes those impacts. Right. Um, you know, like it's, a, it's the long game as, uh, you know, we talk about. A lot of times we only think of the short game instead of the long game when it comes, when it comes to climate, at least, we're definitely playing more of the short game in our thinking instead of that long game, Um, which is kind of a bummer, (laughs) not going to lie. Right. No, it's, you're, it's sad because, you know, we live in a culture and I, I think what's sad is that our American culture has grown up around like a very like selfish, it's about me. Uh, and, and capitalism has helped with that, right? I, I'm, my success is measured by having more money. So I have to have more money than you to be better than you. And we, we develop this, like, I'm better than you. I'm better than you. I got to one up you. I got to do this. And that's not, you, we don't have to live that way. And places like our national park and places like Big Ben show us that, you know, you can just live with the land. You can, you know, be a part of it and be a part of the, the, the ecosystems and the communities. And I don't think you have that many, those many places left in the desert, to be honest. Yeah, I don't, that's a good point. And 
I I don't know. You know, the desert's so weird. It's weird because you know it, it it's desert. So when you think of desert, you don't think of life and all of that. But there really is quite still a bit a good amount of life left in those kind of deserts. So well, especially like reptiles and stuff. You know, we didn't even mention that they have what seventy five species. Yeah, they have a ton of species of reptiles. And, you know, you think desert, you think reptiles quite a bit. Um, at least I think snakes, um, which I don't like snakes. But, you know, so there's there's still a good amount of life that's in the desert. So it's, it's still fragile. Actually, you could argue it's more fragile. Um, so it, we got to take care of it, for one. Um, and so being able to go to a big bend where you can see kind of, you know, the true, what's a good desert full of life. I don't have a good phrase for a it. A good ecosystem, a, a true, like a true desert ecosystem. Yeah. And what it once was and what it should be. And it's not anymore. You know, you, you, you go to a place like Phoenix. It's like, yeah, there's a reason like, your grass is dead all the time. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Right. The other thing I'm finding interesting about this park, looking at it, and I, I, I talked, I was talking to you about it um, earlier when on the first recording is the roads, and they look very remote in the sense that you know you're going down this road or you're going down that road um and you're kind of choosing you know like you 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 break the park up right you break the to this side the east side and the west side uh and even like that i'm interested to see this north side too because you have a ranch here the rosilios ranch and just based on how that border is with the park and hearing about the elk being near that rosilios ranch and and having that history there of being there since the 90s um i i there's just some interesting things about this. <laughs> For sure. So I was kind of thinking of getting into sport fishing again, but I feel like I need a good quality net. Well, you know what, Reverend? I got the key solution for you. You know, our friends at Blue Ribbon Net make this eco-friendly aquafade bag so you're not hurting the environment it's 100% biodegradable plus the wood is locally sourced and it is also biodegradable and it's just such a great company to use um, the blue ribbon nets they're here in Bozeman Montana and we even have a discount code that's right if you use the code rugaru 10 that's right that's my jeep the rugaru rugaru 10 R-U-G-A-R-U-1-0. Uh, you're going to get some discount on a blue ribbon net. You know, you can get the long one if you're fishing the big fish, or you can get just the good river one, you know, if you're like me and just want to catch a lot of fish. So again, make sure you go check out Blue Ribbon and use the promo code RUGARU10. Hey, hey there, Reverend. Um, I heard that you might be running dry on your sticker supplier. Yeah, I've been looking around and I've kind of like run out of cool stickers to buy and put on water bottles and stuff. Well, I, I mean, have you seen the stuff Josh has been coming out with lately? No, I have not. 
Well, he is doing some really cool stuff with the shop LS574. Yes, they're working with indigenous communities and making some really cool stickers. Um, he has a really cool Buffalo mountain sticker. There's even water bottles, hats, sweatshirts, the whole swag. And we even got a discount code for you guys. Yes, if you use wandering ways at shop LS574, you're going to be getting a discount on your next purchase. But not only that, you're going to be giving a percentage of that sale to the Little Shell Tribe, as well as they donate a dollar of every sale to murdered and missing Indigenous women. So just such a cool thing going on there. You know, you use the code WANDERINGWAYS, W-A-N-D-E-R-I-N-G-W-A-Y-S, and you put that in there, boom, you're getting a discount. No, but Big Ben, it's full of ton of cool shit. Um, and we got to save that cool shit. Um, but speaking of cool shit, it's time for Cool Shit Nature, my favorite part. Um, this week, I've got, I think, some cool ones. I got a funny one. Or I got a good one that can spark some uh, conversation maybe right after. And then I got one that is just actually genuinely cool um because these are crazy creatures um but this is an octopus dreaming for the people just listening just how do we know an octopus changing a bunch of different colors because it's having a dream dreaming how do we know he's dreaming i think they have uh, monitors up to the brain see the brainwave activity oh i like that he's like the colors like that change but i wonder if that's also like a defense mechanism for like when it is sleeping to make it look like it's like something at night like coral or something or your theory sometimes of like these guys being little alien creatures oh they are aliens <laughs> i mean so, look at this thing man it's an alien <laughs> hey man i i i don't know because i don't know everything so that's yeah, all i care um no but well, I don't know if during sleep it's a like a safety, like the changing of it, I don't think is a um, defense mechanism. They probably try and fall asleep already looking like the coral, like they've gone in and they've changed like they do. And then when they go to sleep, they're just trying to stay that color. Um, I think what makes it more that's dreaming is the fact that the colors and patterns change so much. Yeah, but I wonder too if it uh, it's also because they're shining light on it. You know what I mean? Like it's it's it maybe it's reacting differently. It could you very well could be right no. there. I'm I'm not an expert on octopi, so uh, no, but it's cool. I mean, I I'm enjoying. Well, it's that. super cool to watch. It's kind of uh, satisfying. I don't think you'd see an octopus in Big Ben though. No, you wouldn't see an octopus in Big Ben, and you won't uh, you won't see this next cool shit in uh, nature video, uh, oh, Big Ben either, because uh, this this one comes from a great Instagram account, which I think our wanderers should follow, uh, but it's called Tourons of Yellowstone. <laughs> so uh, if you don't already got an idea of what this uh, video is for the listeners, um, it's. Tourists being idiots. They got too close to some buffalo. Play dead. Play dead. Oh, get him. 
Oh, and the man. Buffalo won. So Buffalo always wins. Yeah, yeah. Um, just because you... they have a Buffalo petting contest does not mean you need to um, enter. Yeah. Why do you think? Well, and like right there, what's he doing? He's engaging with another. Like that other male bison is roused up. Like both those bison there are roused up against each other at early in the video. Yeah. Like, I I do wonder if she actually gets attacked by this because she trips before and then right. I think the buffalo stops. Yeah, realizing it's not another, like, it's not a threat. Well, that's why I, th- that's why I think it stops. And then, and then, it's, I, then it's, on, it's in batshit crazy mode. Dude, don't, like, people are dumb. Like, the, these bison, you gotta respect them when, like, Notice how, like, yes, they're in their big numbers right here, but they're not in their big numbers, like, close together. When they're in their big numbers close together, they don't give a fuck. But when you know, especially they mentioned, you know, especially if they're in, like, rut, right? They're not, they're not going to care. Well, if two male bison are off in the corner like this doing that, yes, they are in rut. Oh, yeah. My favorite is if you read the caption. Um, it's, uh, she's like, uh, the lady tripped and then I guess decided to play dead in quotations. It worked. <laughs> I know. And that's what she says in there. Like, I guess it works. Uh, worked for her. Lucky. <laughs> but like, I mean, she is extremely lucky. Yeah, she's she's dumb, is what she is. She's a Turon. <laughs> and that's why it's called Turons of Yellowstone. Um, but considering of people who are also lucky, um, the 300, I mean, we've already said this fact, but the roughly three to 400,000 people that go to Big Bend every year, those are the lucky ones. <laughs> right? No, I honestly, I think this, I, and I bet they have their fair share of Turons too out in the desert. Oh, yeah. But, this just, I mean, this park, man, it looks, it looks beautiful. It looks like it's got some cool stuff. You know, you have the Santa Domingo, or the Santa, Santiago Mountains, the Sierra del Cuero, Cabello Mountains. And you and I, kind of during the break there, we're talking about, like, even the Mexico side is all protected land. You know, they, the Santa Elena Canyon protected area, the Madres del Carmen protected area. And in reality like mexico has a government they have a national park system they have park people they have you know advertising businesses distribution businesses dentistries hospitals you know they have all that and we we get so caught up on like the negatives about mexico it's like no man like i bet those parks are just as fucking cool as this one oh yeah i'm sure i'm i said that off air too i'm sure the ones in uh, Mexico are just as cool because uh, there's a lot of pretty land in Mexico. Um, it's, it's not desert like Hollywood makes it kind of seem like. <laughs> well, it is desert though in the fact that I'm reading here. Well, reading- it, yeah, it is desert, but um, I want to go back to the mountains of Big Bend oh, here because go for it. because well, I have a fun fact about Big Bend. Um, it's the only park that has a whole mountain range in it, like the whole mountain range all in Big Bend Park, and it's the, um, and I'm going to butcher the name, uh, the uh, Shisos Mountains. 
Oh yeah, the cheese or Chisos, you know. Chisos. Oh yeah, that's probably the correct. Chisos. Um mountains. Um those whole thing right there in Big Bend. And it's the only park that has that kind of feature. So but it looks like that's the place to go because you have the Chisos Mountain Lodge, and it looks like there's some good hiking trails around there, some mountains. That's actually Emory Emory Peak is 7,000 feet high. It is the highest peak in the park. It's around there too. Oh, I bet the I bet the hiking is phenomenal well, there. I'm looking at this, and it, you got you got your four main visitor center, or th it looks like your th three main visitor centers. You have your Chisos Basin, your Panther Junction, and your Persimmon Gap, right? Mm -hmm. And they're open year round. Uh, and then they have two seasonal visitor centers here, the Castellon Visitor Center and the Rio Grande Village Visitor Center. And the interesting thing about this, I'm looking at the map online, is it says they're closed in the summer. Closed in the summer? I wonder if it's the heat. Oh. Yeah, oh. But it says the stores are open all year. That is, uh, yeah, maybe. And you can you can even uh, yeah that is interesting because you also have the river there where you can float in the canyon. But they say that you can that, that's the thing you will need your passport for because the river is both Mexico and U.S. But yeah, and well, what was I? I was reading if if you don't cross the border, you don't need a permit or anything. But the moment you cross the border, you gotta have all your shit. Oh yeah. They even um, offer good backcountry camping, which I think would be interesting in this park. Yeah, it would be really interesting. I mean, I think desert backcountry camping would be just interesting in general, whether it is in like a big bend or like an arches or canyonlands. I, I wouldn't know how to do it. I don't. <laughs> well, uh, you know, desert backcountry definitely puts me in a different like animal because. I sleep in a hammock and there's not very many good trees <laughs> for that. Well, and not only that, but like the one thing about the desert where I lack in my, I'm a mountain person for sure. Uh, Cause the one thing I lack is like, I don't know, like insects and like poisonous ones and like that kind of stuff. Yeah. And what scares me about mountain uh, back country or not mountain, but desert backcountry, um, having a rattlesnake come to your sleeping bag for the warmth. That'd be uh, that'd be a big uh, fuck no for me. <laughs> it looks like we're going here in December. <laughs> <laughs> Just uh, be at least if we're doing the backcountry. <laughs> well. Yeah, the one thing for sure, too, when when talking to you about uh, like this kind of stuff is that that rattlesnake in the Badlands that we we encountered, you know, he rattled at us far away. Yeah, I, I'm not a, and then you hear stories of people like, oh, I just got out of my car and almost stepped on one out there in Kansas or out there in Oklahoma. Yeah, or, right. I'm always like. Why are you casually bringing this up? <laughs> right. Right. Like, let's take that same story. And now if I were to tell it, it's like, got out of my car and damn near 
flipping died because there's a rattlesnake <laughs> right outside stepping on it. Like life flashed before my eyes. <laughs> right? No, it's oh, I. It's an interesting one, uh, but I mean, I, I think some people say that about bears, and you know, we well, we we got to go for the podcast, and you know, something oh. else. I was talking to Jared, and this weekend, this weekend only, you heard it here first, folks, but not really because this you episode. heard it here weeks after it happened, folks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but. Uh, no, uh, we're doing a, a series, so definitely check this out on the Root Guru called Steaks in Bear Country. Oh, you're doing that this week? Yeah, we're going to we're break out the kick-ass oven and Jared's Wrangler, and we're going to cook steaks in bear country. And the one thing I find super interesting is, is Kick-Ass is a company that, out of Australia, right? They're the ones who are hooking, them up, hooking us up with these products. I was like, Jared, this is something Australian, you know? Steaks in bear country. And he's just like, you know, they're going to be like, yeah, dingoes and shit. I was like, yeah, exactly. We're going to go hard. Uh, we're going to do it right. We're going to do it the right way. And like, that's why we got to go to Big Band because it's like, fuck, we got to do it for the Wanderers, Mark. I mean, I want to go. I, I want to go stargaze in um, this part because I think, I mean, that's kind of, that would be the main thing I would want to see. Um, I, I think I would love to do some of the hikes too. Um, but stargazing in this park i think would be the top of my list if you're asking me of like what's your one thing you got to do if you go to big bend it would be the stargazing let's do it then let's let's plan it i mean there's a lot of campgrounds definitely a lot of choices for campgrounds i saw in the park which always 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 is a necessity you know uh they have some developed ones at the that National Park campgrounds, the Chisos Basin, the Rio Grande Village, the Cottonwood Campground. Uh, they all have reservations that you can get in. There's the Concessions Campground, the Rio Grande Village RV Park, operated by Aramark, so it's not associated with the parks. Um, there's other campgrounds outside of Big Bend that you can stay off. And again, like we said, there's backcountry camping, and you got to go through recreation.gov to get those. Um, and then you do need permits for desert wilderness backpacking, primitive roadside sites along the Maverick Road and Remote River Road are available at only in person at park centers. So the primitive road campsites where it's like you just pull off those like dirt roads. Interesting. Um, I just found a fact about Big Bend that is not as much fun but could explain why maybe not as many people go to this park as we think um, but what it says here is due to its close proximity to the texas and mexican coal-fired power plants and industrial processes nearly half of big ben's visibility is reduced this white haze often diminishes its obscures or obscures its scenic landscapes with about less than 30 miles of visibility. So um, we touched on climate change earlier and there's more examples of like, what the fuck? Where's that at? What side of the park? I'm assuming closest to the border. Um, park, the half the park's the border, it's the river. Well, it's probably half the park then. Because <laughs> it's, it's close, it's, I'm guessing it's 
somewhat uh, well i wonder if it's like east or west and then i also wonder if it's like if you go up north in the park if you not if you wouldn't get it i don't know we got to go figure it out for ourselves and yeah one way to know down, uh, break down review and all that for the wanderers here to come in 2020 plus years yeah you can also answer the question does that pollution affect the stargazing i, I was going to ask that i was curious um i think it would because oh, cloud you know 100 100 percent. so i'll get up there with a the fan just start waving a towel you know and I, I like like we said i think this park would jump up my list when we look at like our top fives and our of our underrated parks i think this would jump up the list and it slowly has creeped up like if there's five national parks that i want to go to i think it's on that list now yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it makes mine um, right now. So I think it's hovering right around five. Uh, definitely, definitely would say it's trending upward. Um, <laughs> it's definitely trending upwards, getting to the tops of parks I really want to see. Um, right. You know, but I'd still rather see like a Sequoia. <laughs> Oh, 100%. I mean, Sequoia, I think, is a little more doable before Big Bend. I think a Big Bend is going to require the planning. Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, just how are we going to get there, in or out? We should spend, I, you know, I would say we should spend three to four days here at this park. Um, just based on what Yeah, it's definitely one we have to look, see the um, what kind of planning you can do. Uh, would it be just a big bend? Um, what other stuff would we go do with it? You know, you got to look at the national parks map, but not only national parks map, like we talked earlier, the state parks, there's always, always, always other opportunities around. And I think some states like to hide their gems. Well, either that or they give it away. Um, you right. know, Texas actually, this was nicknamed like, um, was it Texas's gift to the nation? So, oh, yeah. um, you know, maybe, maybe you don't hide your gems, you just give it away. <laughs> so, I mean, which you could argue that is essentially the national park system because these states are giving up land to federal land. <laughs> They're giving it to the nation almost in a sense. Tell that to the family doing uh, Crazy Horse out in South Dakota. They need to just, they either need to give that land to the tribes Oh or, yeah, yeah. You, we've or give it to the federal government, but that's as far as I know. Well, so you also have, I mean, they have the Rio Grande uh, WSR down close to Big Bend. Uh, you have Fort Davis National Historical Site. You have the Amistad NRA. You have the Lyndon B. Johnson NHP, um, kind of in that area. Honestly, Mark, it looks like if we were to do this. Yeah, we're either flying into El Paso or San Antonio. Oh yeah, to make it happen. Uh, Carlsbad Caverns, Gua Gua Carlsbad Caverns National Park, White Sands, New Mexico, and Guadalupe Mountains National Park are all real close there to El Paso. Well, maybe that's the move: fly into El Paso um, and then hit um, all those parks. That's a good chunk. There's four of them. Yeah, you would, I think you would you would you would go to White Sands, Carlsbad, Guadalupe, 
and then you i've never heard of that one guadalupe mountains np national park uh and then you roll down to big band and then from there i think i think you figure it out towards like you fly into el paso but you fly well fuck maybe you drive back to el paso from big band it looks maybe like it might be a little closer or maybe san antonio who knows we will let you know when we actually do it because I'm sure there will be an episode on the Wandering Ways podcast whenever that comes out. Uh, again, looking at like your Saguaro, I know we talked about maybe throwing that in there. Um, I say let's back out of a Saguaro and, and consider you you do a Southern Arizona kind of thing because you have like Oregon Pipe Cactus National Monument down there uh, and and some other larger yeah Southern Arizona. Um, plus... You have like those Southern Arizona mountains that I think are, are, are would be pretty neat. Um, there's a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of cool stuff uh, in the Southwest, especially New Mexico, Arizona. And yeah, there is. I mean, you have to be a fan of the desert, um, which the desert is cool. Um, you've talked about how much you like the desert. I like all climates and all weathers. Really? You like hot as hell? I mean, I don't. I don't live in it. I don't, I chew, I make choices in my life. So I don't live in it, but like in Phoenix, I'm glad and Oregon that time it was real hot. I'm like, I'm glad to have experienced it. I'm glad to have experienced negative 20 below. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm not. It's supposed to be like 110 tomorrow here. (laughs) That's why I'm kind of grumpy about the heat, but no, um, but going back to, um, Big Bend, yeah, I think I think it's up there in getting to parks that I want to try and go see. I know, but then I'm like, I, I'm on the big map here. That's where if you guys have kept caught on, where I'm getting all my information from, and I'm somehow it got me on Alaska, and I'm just like, oh, I wanna go oh there. now you want to go to Alaska? <laughs> I want to go to them all, Mark. I want to go to them all. So I need the wanderers That's to share. The I want to go. I want to go to all of them too. Um, I, I would like to go to Alaska too. Um, well, what I like, and, and when you guys, when, when the wanderers take the step and the journey with us on these national parks, when we do these ABCs, when we do these breakdowns, when we do these uh, conversations, our reviews, you know, we hope you listen to the two, the three, the four of that one park, because we're truly trying to paint a holistic picture of what you're going to get through our experiences, through our thought processes, through our um, knowledge, essentially. I don't want to take the wind out of you too much um, for this one here because, well, it's time for our final words and you were kind of going off on some good final words. So I wanted to Make sure uh, you didn't lose all your final words because it is that time. But anyways, final words, my man. Yeah, no, I, you know, but I, I don't want to discuss that in final words. That was for before final words words. Oh, fair. It just, it sounded like it would make a really good final word. So I didn't want you to lose all your mojo. You can borrow it. Uh, no, I got different <laughs> final words. <laughs> no, I, I like talking about parks like this and giving the ABC breakdown to our wanderers as you know, for, for parks that we don't do because the ABC breakdown is that like, if we haven't been there, it is that door opening moment of like, what does this park have? 
big band it's in texas i hear it's in the middle of nowhere okay why do i want to go to the middle of nowhere texas because it's a desert oasis folks it looks beautiful it has a bunch of wildlife it has the rio grande river it has mountains uh and it and it has national park signs and you got to get your pictures by the national park signs so like you gotta go there and i love going there and i love sharing our experiences with the wanderers and like i said go check out all the other videos we have you find the stuff you like you find the trips you're going to go on you save us for later say i'm going to yellowstone next year save that you know i know mark was like we need to do a tour of yellowstone where we talk and you know we here we are at the lamar valley lookout the first pull out in the road mark what do you think yeah <laughs> exactly that's exactly what we need to do one day one day it'll be like that when we do the red jammers when we retire in glacier but i'm just going to pass it on over to you it's been a good good episode i hope you guys enjoy reverence final words of wisdom stay beautiful everybody can't tell you how much i appreciate every single one of you for listening following along going through this crazy uh adventure we do yeah finish up another abc's big ben it's in the books um we'll be moving on to uh, probably another park we haven't done or know much about. So hopefully we'll find some fun facts and make it fun for everyone about the next park in the ABC's uh, journey. Um, but yeah, you know, just go out there, have some fun out in nature, do some things, try and not melt. Uh, hopefully the world's not on fire. And hopefully you have a wonderful rest of your day and a fantastic weekend. Because that, with that being said, peace out, everybody. Bye.